This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. Experience the empowering feeling of the Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Get $750 cash towards the lease of our 2024 NX350 all-wheel drive. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Call 1-800-USA-LEXUS for important lease cash offer and pricing details. Restrictions apply. Not all customers will qualify. Offer available in the Lexus Eastern area and April 1st, 2024. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Pete Zayas. Pete, I have found another pet peeve. What's up? Well, so I keep on seeing these articles written about teams, and then the the premise of the article is basically like this team should be talked about in the inner circle of contenders, right? Like this should be a team that absolutely should be, can, you know, included in the top elite title candidates for this season Mm -hmm. and then it goes into like why that's the case but that isn't actually answering the premise of the article if you're asking me why isn't that team being talked about that way i want you to answer to me like why they aren't being talked that way right i think that'd be a lot more fun like (laughs) so do you have an example so like i I, it's gonna sound like i'm picking on him but jared dubin wrote an article about the suns and talking about how like their their qualifiers and all this stuff and i was like and 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 again asked the question why isn't this team being talked about that way and like my answer would be because they're the suns because (laughs) because they haven't they they haven't proven that they should be talked about that way you have some incredible teams with with actual legitimate star power in Kevin Durant and LeBron James and Anthony Davis and 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 uh, Kawhi Leonard and and like the Suns right now don't have that so like that's why that's why if you actually want to ask that question without and without answering it then I would rather you just like make offer up the take the 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 Suns are a title contender until then it's it's a logical fallacy that you're trying to fill your take with and not try to not go all full bore on your take. Yeah. It's incumbent upon you to make the argument, right. That, yeah, especially when it, it would be very rare for a team like the Suns to go from what they were to a title contender and like a legitimate threat. We do this with the MVP conversation as well, where like the fifth or sixth guy, probably an MVP wrote like we just go down like this guy's an MVP candidate and it's like right like whatever happened to like very good <laughs> right yeah like <laughs> the Suns are very good <laughs> that's okay whatever you know happened what I'm saying? very like, good yeah like this show is a very good show I'll take that <laughs> <laughs> it's not the greatest podcast ever it's not the worst podcast ever it's just above good, I think, is is where I, where I'll consider it right now. Yeah, Could we get better? Okay. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine with that. It's not cereal. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So today's show, we actually have quite a bit to get to because it was a busy weekend. The uh, trade deadline is is right around the corner, and then most importantly. Uh, the Laker family lost a legitimate legend. Like we just talked a second ago about like things getting propped up a little bit too quickly. Elgin Baylor is a legend icon, all timer, like whatever, whatever describer you want to use there. He is in the, the, not just, 
not just in terms of all-time Lakers, not just in terms of all-time NBA players, but all-time people. Like when you consider the things that he was up against over the course of his life, not just his career, but his life. So in the, uh, in the final segment, we're going to, we're going to spend some time and dedicate some time to a legitimately brilliant person and great man. So we'll, uh, that, that'll be after the first couple of segments. The first one though. So I told you guys at the end of yesterday's mailbag that we, uh, I, I just didn't have enough time to get to everything because there were like 30 questions asked. That's what I, I'm going to start asking for questions in the middle of games, I think is the key. Um, and, and so I got a ton of questions and one that I didn't answer and I wanted to leave for Pete um, in particular, because I think this is another one of those kind of uh, analysis fallacies that we can actually fulfill in this case. Uh, somebody asked, so there's two versions of the question. One, could the Lakers be the greatest eight seed of all time? The actual greatest eight seed of all time. And two, like the other way that I would kind of tweak that question, and somebody asked a version of it, but I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tweak it a little bit. But I think the Jazz were probably kind of bummed to see LeBron go down. I don't think the Jazz want to see the Lakers down there at the 4-5 spot. Like, I don't think the Lakers are going to fall so far as eight, but they definitely don't want to see them at four or five. Well, someone, you know, barring injuries continuing to just kick the crap out of us, which is not a guarantee mm -hmm. that, that they won't, but somebody's about to get a first round opponent that they do not deserve. Yeah. And perhaps a second round one, but really, you know, by the second round, you're in one bracket or the other, but in the first round, you know, we'll see, we, we almost certainly will fall in, in standings. We'll see how far, uh, and yeah, somebody who had a pretty good season is going to perhaps face LeBron and Anthony Davis and the Lakers in the first round in a way that yeah. does not reflect the quality of their, of their season. My buddy, Adam, I, I, cause he's such a defeatist when it comes to the nuggets. I'm sure he's already preparing himself for the, for the two seven or the three, six matchup where, where the nuggets get knocked out by the Lakers in the first round. I just know it. I'm going to send Adam a text and I can guarantee you his reply is going to be like, oh yeah, it's happening. I'm going to do it. By the end of the show, I'm going to get a response from Adam. I'm going to send it right now. How excited are you about the, about the three, six matchup between the Lakers and or nuggets and Lakers. All right. <laughs> keep us updated on that yeah i will i will as soon as i get a response and i'm i'm i mean he's not the best texter we all know that person but you know we i'm pretty sure he'll get he'll respond to me over the next 30 minutes or so uh but yeah i i think like obviously lakers fans were far and away oh there it is <laughs> gonna be the worst <laughs> shout out to adam uh, locked on NBA. If you enjoyed that interaction, that's locked on NBA every Friday. Um, but yeah, I want to, I want to spend a little bit more time on, on obviously how the Lakers deal with this and, and, and how this affects their deadline. And we're going to do that in the second, in the, in the second segment, but to, to end this first one, um, do you see any, any ways that this could be a blessing in disguise? Yes. Um, I mean, we're, straining for silver linings at this point for yes. sure yep. but i do think that dennis uh trez and especially tht i think tht becomes a very central figure 
in what we do going forward. Cause he's one of the few guys that can break down a defense that we've got remaining. Um, and so Dennis can be a bit more of a leader can uh, he's the guy that's going to be kind of the, the head of the snake is Vogel. You've got a glint in your eye. Did Adam right back? No, I'm just, I just told him like, congratulations. You just made the show. <laughs> nice. So, nice. Yeah. No, but yeah. also, also, somewhat excited about like this is kind of what Schroeder was brought over to do not obviously they weren't planning for LeBron getting hurt or anything like that but but Schroeder getting this freedom is kind of is kind of interesting is is kind of it 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 really bodes well for his extension talk yeah and and it's not the first time that he's been in charge of running an offense right like Dennis Schroeder is a good player and he's more than that he's a competitor uh his post-game comments I was you know very impressed by in yesterday's game and you know yesterday's game we were down by like 18 with less than a minute left in the second quarter and we battled and we competed and we yeah. made the suns put their starters back on the court to end that game and they had to turn it up they had to go into their kind of closing mode teams have different gears and we competed to the point where we didn't back down right once they mm-hmm. turned it up chris paul had like three straight possessions where he really put the game away but we made them have to get to that point right the right. And, and it made me encouraged that we can scratch out some wins in this period of time. Maybe not on the second night of a back-to-back against a very good Phoenix Suns team. Elite uh, championship contender. <laughs> a very good Phoenix Suns team. Um, but it, it bodes well, I think, for some of the other matchups that we should have over these next couple of weeks. And who knows if LeBron or AD comes back first. But it looking like it's going to be at least a couple of weeks before one of them comes back. And I think yeah. all we got to do is, like, if we can win, like, 30 to 40% of our games. That's what I, I said last night, yeah. Just like tread water as best as possible. Yep. All right, let's take a quick second here. When we come back, I'm going to see if I can tell these people running a tractor in my backyard to uh, calm down a little bit. And uh, and we're going to discuss whether this impacts the way that the Lakers approach uh, the trade deadline, the buyout market and all of that stuff. So hang tight. We'll come back and we'll discuss all of that here in a bit. Also, we got to send our I got to I got to whine to Pete about I couldn't whine to anybody last night about Damian Jones not being on the roster. So now I have to. Oh, joy to you about it. (laughs) Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast, Peter Bukowski host Locked On Today in a daily podcast, breaking down the biggest news stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. Today's show is brought to you in part by Locker Room. Look, we've been talking to you uh, about this now for a couple weeks, so I hope you guys got out in front and downloaded the free app on the uh, iOS app store. Uh, they're working on an Android app, so for right now, if you have an iPhone, you can obviously join, and then and then uh, at some point soon, we'll be able to have conversations with people, regardless of what kind of phone that they're using. Uh, I went on there last Friday, had a really fun conversation about LeBron as an MVP candidate, uh, discussed Lonzo Ball and uh, the Clippers' interest uh, there, and whether or not that makes sense, and what that says about the entire situation. And, uh, and, and it was great. I was able to bring on a couple speakers. They were fantastic. It was a really fun conversation. And I'm going to start doing that now every Friday uh, afternoon when you guys are getting ready to get out of work anyway, right? When there's, there's nothing better than finding out, oh, 
wow, there's this new distraction from work on a Friday afternoon. And so that's what I'm going to be doing uh, there on Friday afternoons with you guys. So again, that's the Locker Room app. It's two words. You can find it on the uh, App Store if you have an iPhone. Download that. Create a profile. Link your Twitter. And then uh, follow the NBA group. And that's when I'm going to be hopping on there. And you'll get notified. You can follow me on there at Anthony Irwin LA, just like Twitter. And, and you will, uh, we will all get to hop on there together and, and discuss more Lakers stuff. Today's show is brought to you in part by Rock Auto. Head on over to rockauto.com where you will visit a family business that has been doing this for over two decades now. Uh, and you are going to find the best collection of parts that you can possibly find on the internet. Uh, it is getting insane. <laughs> the, the, the more high tech these cars get, the more difficult it is to find the proper part. And that makes it all the easier for the big companies to mark up all of the parts that you might need should anything go wrong with your car. Well, rockauto.com is here to help you avoid all of those kinds of messes uh, as best you can. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil. Uh, your car needs carpet. They have that too. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to, cat to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specs and prices you prefer. And most importantly, the prices you see are going to be the same for everybody, regardless of your driving background. So again, head on over to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck and then write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. All right, Pete, I'm, I'm, I'm sad. I missed Damian Jones already. Your guy's gone. Yeah. This sucks. I mean, the Lakers missed him too. I think it needs to be pointed out as well. Yeah. We're about to throw Josh in at the five, Josh Williams. Yeah. Oh shit. They might trade for Josh Hart and throw him in at the five. Um, but yeah, I think I, so this is a matter of timing working out about as poorly as it possibly could have. Right. Where obviously Marcus Saul is going through what he's going through and hopefully he's on the mend and can get his legs under him uh, sooner rather than later. And, uh, but because Gasol is out because Anthony Davis, the other seven footer is, is also out that leaves the Lakers with Damian Jones as you know, who would have been their only pro size center. Uh, and, and his 10 day, his second 10 day runs out and the Lakers, like, I, I kind of get it. I understand where they're coming from, where they want to remain flexible just in case somebody like Drummond gets bought out or, 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 you know, Hassan Whiteside or whoever the, the, the center who is more talented than Damian Jones gets bought out. They are, are gambling on talent versus fit uh, because I, I think the fit was borderline inarguable with, with Jones. Like, the, the fit was there. It was for his it role. Was, for you his role, think, but yeah, like <laughs> for what for what whoever they're gonna sign is gonna do, Damian Jones, I think, was was providing just enough that that, that I don't think there's gonna be a giant step step up when they add a third center to the roster. I uh like I gr agree, and he certainly illustrated the value of a lob 
threat guy. Mm-hmm. He was he would block a, some shots here and there. Mm-hmm. He would also get lost a lot and yep. would have guards and players kind of go through his chest. Like mm-hmm. if if you're gonna get a rim protector, a guy who's blocking shots, you don't want somebody who guys can kind of go through and over the top. Mm-hmm. So if he was rotating as a help side guy or had a little bit of space, he's going to get that block shot because he's you know a really good athlete. But just from a, a rim protection standpoint, I think that there's better players perhaps will be available. Um, but yes, he certainly did illustrate that we could use a guy that can jump and be athletic and do things like that. And I think that if some of the other potential options don't become available, that perhaps he could be back. We'll see. Yeah, in a sport that features slam dunks as as one of the more important shots in basketball, uh, it helps to have a seven footer who can jump like thirty something inches off the ground. That's all. We certainly, yeah, you're you're not wrong, and we certainly could use a large human being. Like we don't have any big guys right now. Right. <laughs> Poor dude. Like if not that anybody really wants to rewatch that game last night, even though they played hard. Like I was I was yeah. proud of the the effort. Like watch Keith. I did my rewatch last night. Poor Keith is having to be like a rim protector and having to bang with DeAndre Ayton and yeah. just do all of these like because he's like the biggest, strongest dude that we have. Like Tre- Trez does his thing too, but he's like he struggles against the really big guys, and so does Keith, right? And we just don't have any really, really big guys. So, like you said, the the timing on the expiration of his ten day contract was really unfortunate. We could use a guy his size for sure. Yeah, I, I, I. I know Frank Vogel said that Damian Jones returning to the Lakers isn't out of the question. Uh, he was he was asked about that after the game. And, and yeah, I mean, basically the reason Damian Jones isn't a Laker right now is because the Lakers want to see their options. And if you commit to Damian Jones, like it's not as easy. Somebody was just saying like, well, why don't they just cut somebody else and open up that roster spot and be able to keep Damian Jones? And it's like, well, they're up against the hard cap. The hard cap, right. And and it's not a matter of roster spots. It's a matter of literal cap space that, you know, if you say you cut Jared Dudley, for example, who was who they wanted to cut, uh, his money is guaranteed. It's still going to count against the cap. So it's not going to do anything for you in the way that the Lakers really need flexibility here. So just some, just some background information there. Do you think this impacts like losing LeBron impacts the way that they approach trades or the buyout market or, or the kinds of players that they might be looking for. We've been given a fairly vague timeline on LeBron. Like we can do our Google searches and, mm-hmm. you know, see how long it takes a high ankle sprain. And, but we don't know the severity of it, right. That They're can tougher to come back from quite a bit. Like anybody who has paid any attention to fantasy sports will tell you like that. Say that's a shitty injury. For sure. It's also LeBron James, right? Yeah, and so Le- LeBron has, it, it wouldn't be the first time that he did something particularly, you know what I mean? Like yeah. physically. Uh, and, and so I don't ultimately think that the trade deadline is where we make, I, I think the, I think the plan is to like try to tread water as best we can for a couple of weeks. Um, and then you know, see where we, where we land after that uh, and, and really explore the buyout market. I don't expect us to be active at the trade mm-hmm. deadline. That said, Rob Plink has been active every trade deadline that he's been a GM for us. So it would be ex- an exception to the rule. I just think that the hard capping really uh, makes that more difficult. Like you said. Right. It, 
so the way that the hard cap also impacts it because like for example one of the players who keeps coming up in in any of these conversations about who the lakers could land to help with some of the ball creativity and stuff like that is like victor oladipo right and he's making about 21 and some change i believe this year and the lakers don't have you know a single contract that they could easily move and 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 bring somebody like that in and so you know what that means is so you bring in Victor Oladipo, well, you're still up against that hard cap and you need to be able to fill out roster spots to get to the league minimum for roster spots. And now it makes it really difficult to do that on top of bringing in Oladipo. And, and that's just an example of a contract that we're talking about here. This is just, you know, unfortunately with the way that the team was put together, it, it, you know, really severely limited what they're now, it, you know, probably going to work out anyway, because, the reason that they're limited is Montrezl Harrell. And, and I think he's a good addition to the team anyway, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, this is a team that, that was constructed for a certain scenario and a certain combination of stars at the very top of it. And, and look like the way my general stance on this is if you alter this team's identity because of the time that LeBron and AD are out, that risks, that identity not fitting as perfectly as it did before those guys got hurt because before those guys got hurt, the Lakers were the clear best team in the NBA and you don't want to put that at risk. And even before LeBron got hurt, but with AD hurt, we were starting Mm -hmm. to figure out we were on a four game winning streak. We were playing well. We were were really starting to click. And so if the goal is ultimately to win a title, I think we've got, I think we were on track, right? Mm-hmm. Injuries aside, I think that we've been progressing nicely throughout the season and just have had our asses kicked over the last six weeks or so by injury. And yep. that's, that's part of the game. Right. And yep. so I think we just gotta, gotta hold it down for now. I agree. All right, let's take a quick second here. And when we come back, we will, uh, I, we, I, we got to pay our respects to Elgin Baylor, a, a true icon in every sense of the word as, as Avery, Avery wants to get in on the Elgin Baylor conversation. Um, I, I, she's just not, she's not allowed to. So Avery hang tight. Be back in a bit. 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to locked on bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount sports. They are picking college basketball, football, NBA, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get podcasts. Today's show is brought to you in part by betonline.ag. Use that promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% deposit bonus. Today's bet of the day is going to be on the Los Angeles Lakers or, well, it's going to be on the New Orleans Pelicans. I don't even know the line yet. I'm just not very uh, confident in this team right now, especially... Given the thin front court and given the team that they're going up against and and in particular Zion Williamson, who is a monster, a, a an outright beast who rips through even the biggest front lines and the Lakers do not currently qualify as one of the biggest uh, front lines in the league. So I would say if you get a line upwards of because I, I think I think the Pelicans win by double digits tomorrow, and so if if the uh, Pelicans are favored any less than a ten and a half, eleven, I would say that I bet pretty comfortably on the Lakers. So 
That's what that's what uh, that's where my money is going to be going to. Whether you want to fade me or follow me, you can do so at betonline.ag. Use that promo code locked on for a 50% deposit bonus. There's a ton of value still in the NCAA tournament if you know where to find it. And you can do all of that as well at betonline.ag. So one more time, betonline.ag. Use that promo code locked on for a 50% deposit bonus. And then uh, whatever gambling you do, please do so responsibly. Today's show is also brought to you in part by Built Bar. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is amazing. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all their bars. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It's Built Bar Madness, extreme Gus Johnson voice. Uh, Today's matchup is going to be between coconut and birthday cake. And I'm going coconut on this one. I know everybody likes birthday cake. I haven't had a birthday cake in a lot of birthdays, though, so I prefer the coconut flavor. That's where I'm going to be going with my vote. Whether you agree or disagree, cast your vote on BuiltBar.com. And then while you're there, pick up some, some of the best protein bars you are going to find anywhere. And use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15, one word, to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check pack to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar in the world. BuiltBar.com. So we'll get to Elgin Baylor, the basketball player and the Laker here in a second. But um, I wanted to, to read... To, to, well, the background on this on this story is that Elgin Baylor and the Lakers uh, went to went to play in Charleston, I believe. Uh, and and when they got there, the hotel that they were going to stay at wasn't going to allow him and his African American teammates to play there. And so when the morning of the game arrived, uh, Baylor said, "Nope, I'm not going to play in a city that is so antiquated." Uh, he he chose to sit out the game. Chose to bo- chose to boycott the game, and this is how uh, that was covered at the time by the Charleston, uh, yeah, the Charleston Gazette Mail. I'm just gonna read off this for a bit. So the American Business Club of Charleston, which dropped between eight hundred and a thousand dollars on the Minneapolis Cincinnati professional basketball game Friday night at the Civic Center. Saturday filed a protest with the National Basketball Association over the failure of rookie star Elgin Baylor to appear in the Minneapolis lineup. In a telegram to, to league president Maurice Podoloff in uh, New York, ABC promoter H. Thomas Corey said, uh, quote, urge disciplinary action against Elgin Baylor of Minneapolis Club who refused to play against Cincinnati here Friday night in protest of hotel segregation. Records show Minneapolis Club was... Uh, advised on December 29th that segregation enforced at uh, hotels, his absence from lineup most embarrassing to us and damaged our chances of promoting future NBA games here. That's the focus of this article. Baylor and the entire Minneapolis team spent Friday night at a, this is the way that it's written in the uh, article at the time, at a Negro motel in Charleston after a Midtown hotel had refused to uh, house three Negro players, including Baylor. Despite police from his teammates urging him to play, Baylor, former Seattle University star and a rookie in the NBA this year, declined to put on a uniform and sat on the Minneapolis bench in civilian clothes throughout the games. Uh, as a result, the Lakers dropped a 95-91 decision to the Royals before 23 uh 
2,300 fans who braved icy streets and near zero weather to see the game. Again, quote, if they don't think any more of us than uh, to let us uh, let this happen, then maybe we shouldn't do business with the National Basketball Association again. Corey said, again, that's the focus of this article. If Bottoloff doesn't take action against Baylor, I think they, uh, he at least owes us an apology because it was through him that the game was booked here. Corey said a complete audit of tickets had not been made as yet, uh, but he said the game definitely was a losing venture with the losses to be at at least $800. Another quote again from Corey, we'd like to have a chance to make up for our losses, he said, but we can't do it with professional games here unless we have some protection against such things as Baylor pulled on us. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Baylor pulled on you know the us. real victims here yeah exactly, the real victims exactly. here right well this this is this is honestly like there's there's a reason I'm 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 discussing all of this I still yeah. think pro ball will will uh pay here and I'd like to see it tried again under more favorable conditions Rod Hunley a Charleston boy who was with Minneapolis uh, and some of the other Lakers pleaded with ba- Baylor to play but he steadfastly refused most of the fans uh on hand for the game thought perhaps he was ill or injured and not until they learned otherwise did they express their feelings to the ABC. The Minneapolis team left here for home Saturday morning, shortly before noon back home. It was announced that no punishment was planned for Baylor because he did not play, but it must have been okay with his coach, Johnny Kunla, who did not press Baylor. Kunla had been notified by wire at his own request about the segregation rules enforced at local hotels, according to Bill Bolden, acting manager of the Civic Center. So the reason I read all of that is because I thought it's it's a kind of perfect encapsulation of the, the various levels of racism that not only that, that Elgin Baylor faced, but like has, it, we're still fighting with, right? Mm-hmm. This idea that so that the initial racism, the loud racism, right, is the fact that the hotel itself was segregated. Segregated, yeah. That's that's the loud one that's very easy to say, like, that is wrong, that cannot exist, and has since been, uh, to certain extents, done, done away with. But the institutional racism, the stuff that we are still trying to, to do away with, exists through the, Charl- the, the Charleston Gazette Mail, where... The focus of the article isn't on the wrongdoing to the players. The focus of the article is on the wrongdoing to the game promoter, who was perfectly okay with the segregation of these players and said that, mm-hmm. hey, they should they knew what they were getting into when they came down here to play. Uh, but but and 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 you know, whined about uh fans who braved icy streets to come see these guys play. Not, I guess the I guess the Lakers used different streets that were not icy on their en route to the game, and so like I just and and I just wanted to say like through all of this, this is why. And then you know Baylor faces this throughout his playing career, and then guess who he works for after his playing days are over? He goes out and works for he he's for he, he works for James Dolan, who is widely lauded Donald, as Donald Sterling. What I say? Oh yeah. Yeah, that too. But Donald Sterling, um, Donald Sterling is widely lauded as the most racist recent owner in professional sports. And, uh, and, and that's who Baylor dealt with after his playing days were over. So this guy who is by every account, by all accounts, by anybody who has ever spoken to the guy, a true class act, every sense of the word, 
face some of the nastiest actual, you know, like hard R racism, institutional racism, and then goes and works for Donald Sterling after his playing days are over. And, and again, was just an absolute icon when he didn't have to be like, he, he could very easily have just said, you know what? Fuck white America. I don't want to deal with this anymore. I don't want to deal with this anymore. And uh, he didn't, and and uh, we're really going to miss him both in terms of NBA player. It was really cool over the last you know year or so as he got on Twitter and was just a fan for the Lakers again. And I think we're going to miss that. But I I, I also think we're really going to miss uh, voices who who dealt with this stuff and dealt with it with class and are willing are are able to speak to that experience in the ways that Baylor could. Yeah, absolutely. Him and and Russell and and Wilt, may he rest in peace as well, um, were the, they pushed the game forward and it wasn't just on the court, right? The types of things that that, that incident in Charleston, for example, um, that changed some policies. Actions mm-hmm. like that, right? Mm-hmm. When it becomes a business failing, all of a sudden, yeah. like, what's the thing you have control over? Hey, maybe a, Instead of, you know, complaining about Elgin, who, by the way, was not quoted in that. Right. And no, that, at no point was allowed to speak for himself and, and, and the legitimate inequalities that he faced in that, in that right. night. And that's part of a, a, another institutional racism, right, is, yeah. is how stories are framed, right? That's through the, completely through the eyes of the game promoter. And that's who's supposed to be the sympathetic figure there. But it's not. And mm-hmm. actions like what Baylor took that night um, helped lead to change for uh, the more and more black players who were joining the NBA in that time. Um, and Elgin is, is I've, I've, I've met Elgin. He is, um, mm-hmm. he was the, the dignified class act that everyone said that he was. And he, on the court, he pushed the game forward in a way that like, the best analogy that I can make is, you know how like when you crumple up a piece of paper and there's a wastebasket on the other side of the room, you go, Kobe, right? You, right. He he did that for a generation of players who are the generation before Kobe's era, right? Mm-hmm. He captivated those guys. They emulated him. They pretended to be Elgin Baylor when they were kids because mm-hmm. he was a fascinating guy. He was like the first he really brought the game from in more ways than one from black and white into color Mm -hmm. and his career spans those eras. And even on video, it's very striking to see the very regimented stiff way of playing basketball of the 1950s to a little bit with your hand directly over the ball. (laughs) He was using Euro steps and inside out dribbles. Mm -hmm. He was double clutching and gliding through the air, finishing above the rim, doing all these things that we take for granted now is something that, that is part of the game, but he's part of the reason why it was part of the game and became introduced as part of the game. He helped people imagine what was possible and future hoopers, and, and so he is, we talk so often about the greatest players and we're just talking about like the best players and who's mm-hmm. the best guy at basketball. But Elgin Baylor is one of the most influential players of all time. Absolutely. He had more of an impact on people than, and again, this is similar to Kobe, right? When you, when Kobe passed the way that other players talked about him, it wasn't just the, Oh, like 
I'm going to say a couple of things about this guy, you know, a couple of nice things, but like, no, this guy changed how I thought, how I perceived the game, how I behaved, how I approached the game. And Elgin Baylor is one of the first true superstars of the NBA to do that. And through his actions on the court, but also off of the court, like you said, with that, that Charleston incident incident and, and several others throughout the course of his career. So he'll be missed. He was the patriarch. He was the, the oldest living Lakers legend. And now I believe that's, I believe that's cream now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, the Kobe called him the King of footwork. You know, he, he, uh, he's somebody that Kobe, every time, you know, Kobe accomplished anything. One of the things that I actually really enjoyed about Kobe was how he, spent time to say like, well, I was good at this because of this player who came before me and this player who came before that. And, and, and I stood on their shoulders. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and I was standing on shoulders of people who were standing on other player shoulders and, and to, to like what you just talked about a second ago, the guy who a lot of the guys shoulders stood on as the game became more modern was, was Elgin Baylor. He was That's the right. first, like, Wilt obviously played above the rim, but that was because Wilt was seven foot and could jump like a volleyball player. Right. But wing players didn't get above the rim the way that 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 Elgin Baylor did. And and that just kind of, you know, if you were athletic, you kind of toned that down to a certain extent before that. Because as as players from those kinds of eras will say, if you dunked it, you were going to get the crap beat out of you the next time you drove to the basket, the next time you held the basketball. But uh, Baylor said, well, fine. Bring it. I'm still going to use. I'm going to beat the crap out of you too. Cause he was a big dude, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, he's a big guy. Yeah. He was, he was, he was, he, you know, especially by those, by those standards, he was, he was a giant in more ways than one. And so, yeah, I, uh, you know, that if you were an athlete and you could do the things that Baylor could do athletically, you said, Oh, well, that seems fun, <laughs> you know, and, and the rest of the game, think about how boring the game would be if, if it took, if, if Baylor doesn't come along and that evolution takes even longer to start playing above the rim and start palming the basketball and doing the things that Baylor helped introduce, he's one of those guys, it's kind of like Chick Hearn, right? Where the way that we talk about basketball would literally be different in, in Chick Hearn, yeah. in Chick Hearn's as an example, but, but the way that we watch it, the, the sport that we're watching would literally be different if Elgin Baylor doesn't come along when he does. Yeah, there's a whole generation from Julius Irving and Connie Hawkins and David Thompson, um, all of these great athletes of the 70s in particular. Even Rick Barry posted something today about mm-hmm. how like he was fascinated by Elgin Baylor, just super, super influential figure in NBA history. Yep. All right. Rest in peace to to Elgin Baylor uh, and and our, our hearts go out to all of his friends and family and those who have lost him. He was such an incredible person that I'm sure that they're really dealing with some stuff today. So, uh, you know, sending sending out all the positive vibes to, to everybody who is feeling that loss. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Lakers podcast. Thank you guys very much for the questions, because I, as you guys know, they, they helped uh, launch some of this discussion here today. Uh, Pete and I will be back tomorrow to, I believe, react to a basketball game. Uh, I believe the Lakers are in action tomorrow. Uh, So if, uh, yes, they are. So they play at New Orleans uh, tomorrow night after the game. Pete and I will be able to uh, react to that as the Lakers continue to figure things out in this new uh, LeBron-less era, this little stretch that they're going through. Until then, have a great rest of your day. Make somebody else's. We'll talk to you tomorrow.